Welcome to episode 455 of the Drunk Church Podcast. And as always, I'm Tyler. And joining me, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What is that, buddy? You know how well your week is going when you have one hell of a dream. Ooh. And here's something that doesn't usually is happen. Is it a sexy me. dream? <laughs> no. But uh, you want to know that uh, there are some times you have things called lucid dreams, right? Oh, yeah. Where it's like you are loosely aware that you are dreaming and that there are some form or power you have inside of that dream. Mm-hmm. So a couple nights ago, I had a dream. I was waiting in line at Disneyland, right? Mm-hmm. And so the minimum requirement was to get to have the person give you 10 tickets, right? So the guy in front of me... He paid this uh, dude, this Mickey Mouse, this guy in a Mickey Mouse costume, right? He paid him, and then he gave him ten tickets. And so I go for the next in line, and I pay the guy, like, uh, like nearly like the same amount. And he looks at me with a frown, right? And he only gives me eight tickets. What a bitch. And the thing was, he gives me eight tickets, right? And then he turns his back to me and starts walking, and he's, like, talking to his friend over by a corner, right? And so... Here I am looking at these eight tickets. I realize the severity of the situation, and uh, I go running towards him, right? And I drop kick him, and yeah, he goes, and he goes flying forward, right? Like, and where exactly where he's placed is is like there's just like this overlook, right? And right in front of him is his beam. So I drop kick him in the ass. He goes flying, and his head conks the damn beam. He goes in a complete like 180. Lands completely on the ground, right? And the um, the last image I get before waking up is this dude, his back facing me, and you have these big fucking mouse ears, like, just back of you. <laughs> and as soon as I see that, I'm like, you know what? I'm out. And I go and I just, <laughs> just start running and stuff like that, and then I wake up. As soon as I wake up, I had to keep myself from laughing my ass off because that image of this dude in the Mickey Mouse costume freaking, like, uh, his back facing me and those big fucking ears is, like, <laughs> like he's dead. <laughs> yeah. So, fun uh, fact for Gables. Gables has uh, dreams about murdering Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Did you at least make it with Minnie in the dream? No. Oh, no, 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 no. That's where I was hoping the story was going. No, man, I'm not too sure if this is, like, some sort of, like, uh... So it's like thing towards me or it's like you are it's some alluding to something else that's deep down inside my subconscious but I'll tell you what I felt pretty fucking like amazing after I woke up after that dream PSA kids do not insult or assault Disneyland workers <laughs> yeah don't, don't do that don't do that but other than that man it's been the usual type of slog over at work couple people are out on vacation so i gotta go ahead and fill in places and stuff that are most needed most notably upfront and retail which if you ask anybody how it goes when you work up 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 front and retail i mean it's half and half sometimes you get great people sometimes you'll get complete assholes i mean it's just a flip of a coin on some days but besides that I bought and I've played a bit of Metroid Dread. Nice. Good. I love that. Cool. So how have you been this week, Tyler? Doing okay, Gables. Uh, Doing really good uh, after today, but 
you know, first week back, uh, long week, uh, after vacation, always sucks, always miserable, but, uh, you know, Iowa, uh, Hawkeyes, uh, number three team in the, in the nation, uh, yeah. highest ranking they've had in my lifetime. Um, hmm. played the number four team Penn state today, uh-huh. uh, in Kinnick, that's Iowa's, uh, home stadium. It's okay. the second biggest game of my lifetime for them. Uh, the only yep. one 2015, they were in the, in the big 10 championship game, uh, undefeated, uh, playing, uh, the, uh, Michigan state team. That's also undefeated winner got to go to the playoffs. Uh, right. And, 40 seconds left. Michigan State scored a touchdown, took a two-point lead, won the game. Heartbreaking Aww. loss, but great season. First time they ever went undefeated in the regular season. It's the greatest season of my uh, of in Iowa history. Uh, most wins ever for a team. Longest winning streak for a team. Um, but you know, uh, it's we've we we Iowa has like beaten more top ten teams in the last, this this century than anybody not named Alabama. But they've always wow. been like. Uh, but it's like playing playing in Kinnick uh, at night against the Hawkeyes, even when they're like an eight and four, nine and three team. Uh, they're always they're they're a top twenty five team almost every year, pretty much always in like the top That's thirty. True. Um, but uh, they're always like that center. Like they always every every probably every two three years, uh, a high ranked team will come in the, uh, Iowa City, play them at night, and they'll beat them, or Iowa will give them a fucking game of a life. Um, they'll, you know, like Penn state came here, uh, in 2016 or no, 2015. No, what? No, not 2017 came here. Um, and they had over 500 yards of offense, but scored 13 points, which is incredible. Uh, wow. it, you know, the Iowa has the bend, 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 don't break defense. So they give up a lot of yards, but not a lot of points. And it, literally the last play of the game had a score touchdown to beat them. Um, so and, you know, uh, on uh, Extra Life Day, 2017, uh, Ohio State was number two ranked team in the country. Fucking shellacked them 55 to 24. Um, wow! One of the greatest games of my lifetime. Remember having playing Wolfenstein <laughs> uh, two on Extra and Extra Life, uh, playing that on my TV, and then having my monitor off to the side watching the watching that game in the corner. Um, one of the one of the all time great games. But uh, today came in. Uh, Started off rough, you know, but uh, Iowa came back with six minutes left. Uh, they were down 17 to three in the first quarter, and then uh, uh, slowly but surely came back, beat them, scored a touchdown um, with six minutes left, and th- took the lead and uh, beat them 23 to 20. It was there the loudest go. sustained roar I've ever heard from a crowd. Um, <laughs> like someone had like a, a Apple Watch on, and like they had a like they took a screenshot of them, a picture of their watch. Saying the decibels were too loud is 171 decibels, which is a lot. Oh. Um, and the the warning during and it wasn't even like it was in the second quarter. The Penn State was uh, inside their own ten, um, so backed up, you know, inside their own ten, and it was so loud, sustained loudness for over three minutes that the uh, Penn State had three false starts in a row. Never <laughs> seen that happen before. Fall, three fall, they had nine false starts. In that oh. game, oh uh, man, we've heard NFL stadiums and stuff how loud some of them can get, like in Seattle or in Kansas City and stuff. You know, to false like a do like a false start, but man, I've never heard in my lifetime a football game where a stadium a, cr- a crowd full of people are so loud that far forces three false starts. That's yeah, been unheard it was nuts. Of, dude. It was nuts. Like it was, it was after the <laughs> third one, the offensive line got pissed off at the center, but it really wasn't the center's fault. It was like <laughs> Penn State. <laughs> they, 
a lot of college teams they use a clap method where they clap, the quarterback claps, and then they snap the ball. But it was so loud the center couldn't hear the clap. So like w- <laughs> one of the five offensive linemen would hear the clap and jump, and but they went, it was it was nuts. Uh, then like I said, nine false starts in the last three quarters of that game, and it was all all inside when they were inside their own twenty, uh, backed up, and it was just but in the student section it was so fucking loud they couldn't. Yeah, it was incredible. Uh, I was, uh, it was, I was, I was emotionally drained after the game. And like, as soon as the clock hit triple zeros, yeah. uh, they took the victory formation and the fans stormed the field tears just pouring down. Like I, I've nice. you've seen Iowa, like have like these moments where like they're doing really good. They're undefeated. Like they're actually like people like they're in the top 10 and they have these moments where like, multiple times in my lifetime where like they're doing really good they're five and oh they're six and oh and like teams are like yeah okay yeah like okay how good are you really blah blah and they like they have these moments and they always come up just short like losing late in the game or just you know uh losing a close game and this is the first time that they've actually like been in a moment it's like the um uh move the brand type game where like I've probably seen 10 of these games in my lifetime where they had a chance to move the brand and take them to the next level. And they've never gotten there. Even like the 12 and 0 year when they went 12 and 0, that moving the brand would have gotten them to play, get in the playoffs, but lost the last minute of the game, you know, ended up still going to the Rose bowl, which is great. But anyways, yeah, it was, it was a incredible moment. Second, like I said, second biggest game of my life, uh, as a Hawkeye fan. And, uh, it was incredible. Just, uh, man, for sports, sports are cool people. You know, it's you could say it's you yeah, know most it's, definitely yeah it's, oh man yeah I was incredibly happy incredibly uh it was great I had to go after the game was over I'm like it was like seven o'clock and I'm like I am like I'm tired I have nothing left in me <laughs> I all I wanted to do was just go lay down and I I ended up, I ended up having to go to Starbucks and get a, a small coffee because I'm like there's no way I'm gonna be able to record tonight because uh, like I like oh, I'm like there's no God. way two hours we got to record a podcast because I have nothing left in me so got. Got a small coffee about two and a half hours ago, so got that a little boost. The same it. feeling I had like a couple of years back when the Niners won against the Saints in that crazy ass game and stuff like that with yeah. Kittle. Go, yeah, oh, <laughs> another <yeah>. Iowa alum. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Iowa oh, is tight man. end and uh, defensive back. You, yeah, um, is nuts. Last week against uh, uh, Tua Tagovailoa's little brother, they yeah. picked him off six times in the first half or first three oh, quarters. Boy, um, and he's actually like, you know, like. Not like a top draft pick for that, like in two years, but no. like he's considered like a fourth to fifth round pick quarterback. Picked him off six times. So, Ooh, that, um, that's I, fun, almost another undrafted. fun fact about Iowa keep on starting <laughs> people with the Iowa stuff. They played six games this year, only one quarterback's finished the starting quarterback has finished the game. Wow, four got benched because they played so bad, and then the other one got one got hurt. Wow. So and the other guy, the other guy, I'm assuming they had their backup was to off was way worse than the starter because there was no reason he should have finished the game. But uh, it scared the shit of me. I just saw like a white thing to the side of me. It's just my dog staring at me. I was like, all the lights are off except for my fucking Gobi lights. And I'm like, I just see like a white little blur like next to me. I'm like, oh, it's just, a, he's just another poltergeist. Yeah, like, it is October, so it's that time of year. Um, uh, but anyways, guys. Um, Enough for the uh, Iowa pleasantries. I'm just trying to go on about that. I'm just really, really excited, really happy about it, and I just had to talk about it. But uh, 
One thing, you know, I, I mentioned Extra Life, and another big thing about Iowa, they do the wave every, at the end of the very yeah. first quarter, the best tradition in all of sports. Uh, they wave to the Children's Miracle Network Hospital that is right next door where they built the extension. Oh, it's, I couldn't tell if my dog was growling or it was a motorcycle. I said, it's a motorcycle. Um, but uh, anyway, sorry. They do the wave at the end of every first quarter to all the kids that get to watch the game from the hospital. Uh, and I, that's one of the, ho- that's the hospital that I support during Extra Life. Gable supports Seattle. And if you don't know what yep. Extra Life is, it is a wonderful charity that we do every year. This is my 11th year. This will be Gable's 10th year yep. uh, where we play games for 24 straight hours. It's all, it's almost always the first Saturday of November. This year it's November 6th. Um, you don't have to do it on game day, but you can do it any day. Uh, but uh, anyways, we uh, raise money to play. We play games for 24 straight hours. People donate to us. And we raise money for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. If you are interested, go to extra-life.org. Um, uh, in our, in the show notes here, I'll actually post, uh, Gables and I's pages. If you want to donate, and if you don't want to, or if you know somebody that is interested, or you just think it's a really cool thing, please sh- not even our page necessarily, but just share the charity. It's a really cool thing. They've raised, um, over $90 million in its lifetime. This will be like, this will be year 12. I want to say, um, yeah. So yeah, it's a really great thing. Uh, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be doing it. We got, we've already kind of discussing plans for it. Uh, it's my Christmas. It's my, uh, I always talk about, I always say it is my favorite, least favorite day of the year because I look forward to it so much. Uh, but I, the, the next couple of days are just, uh, miserable. Uh, but it's all for a good cause and it's all worth it. Uh, cause we do some cool stuff for some cool kids and, um, yeah, I'm really pumped. Gables. We are, I can't believe it. It's like, it really is like my adult Christmas because it's like, I can't believe it feels like it takes forever to get here, but also I can't believe that we're so close. Yeah. To, uh, three really. weeks away. Or four weeks away. Four weeks from the day. Yeah, um, four weeks. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to think, Gables. Um, yeah, but like I said, uh, you know, tell somebody about it. You don't even have to, I don't even care if you donate to us or not, but just spread the awareness of it. It's a, it's a great thing. Uh, millions of people do it every year. Um, I shouldn't say millions, I'm not sure, but at least hundreds of thousands of people do it every year. Um, and it's really cool, actually. I, I always look in the, um, you can actually look and like you can see your ranking for how much money you've earned, and almost every year um, for the last, you know, up until this year, I'm always been like top five, top ten in the state, um, and this year, and like I'm usually uh, my numbers vary, but anyways, um, there's usually only like less, there's like less than a hundred of us in the state of Iowa, or at least that register for Iowa. There might be more, but um, like like, but anyways. Um, this year already, like I checked, this is like in June. I checked, there was already over a hundred people like, well, I shouldn't say it. So there's a few hundred that register, but usually only like 60 to 70 actually like raise any yeah. money this year already. I, I looked this like just in June, we were already were past that. I looked, uh, I think last week or two weeks ago, we had a couple hundred people in Iowa that have already raised some money and we're nowhere near. Wow. Um, yeah. Like, so I mean, you, the big States are usually like Washington and like Texas, uh, cause originated from Texas. Uh, yes. Florida are usually like the top ones, obviously more people and stuff like that. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's cool to see, you know, uh, you know, like usually like almost every year, Seattle is almost always the number one raised, uh, a hospital. So yeah, yeah really it kind of, a, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a cool thing, uh, to like see a little bit of, a little bit of pride there that, um, that I was getting there bigger. And like, this is one of the shirts. If you, uh, play or if you participate and you raise money, uh, you actually hit, if you make $200, you get uh, a t-shirt. I've got like, uh, I think ever eight of these from, from that. And I've, I have like 15 of these. Uh, I literally, I, I might have like a whole closet. One of my closets is literally just extra life shirts. 
um, at this point. Um, and I'm not even kidding. Uh, and then, but like, there's, there's, they do other things too. Like, you get stickers or at $500, you get a silver medal at 1000 You get You get gold medals. I got three gold medals. Um, 2019, I was $20 short of the silver medal. I forgot to turn my wow. phone up. I apologize. That, I won't lie, the uh, being $20 short thing to this day still kind of irks me a little bit. I wish, you know, it's, you know, but anyways, like I said, it's a cool thing. Uh, love it. We're going to talk about it a lot over the next month or so. We're going to, Gables and I here in a couple weeks, are going to have a, a solely, we're going to do an extra podcast just talking about extra life and yep. um, tips and tricks on what to do for the day. Um, and, you know, we're going to have like just kind of fun stories of us doing it over the years. And then um, we're going to do, uh, we always do like our extra life hangover where we're going to, on instead of recording on November 6th, uh, usually we record Saturday nights and the podcast will go up Sunday. Uh, we're actually going to record on Sunday, the night after. So it'll be in the evening, so we'll be recovered enough to be functioning, but probably still exhausted enough that we won't be like, we probably shouldn't be driving a car. <laughs> right, say yeah. That. Uh, but yeah, so. Uh, anyways, Gables, um, let's get into some topics here. It's been kind of, it's kind of a, not a lot of big stuff. You know, we're, we're, we're definitely like, mm. it's, it's very rare in gaming that we have like a lot of big stuff and like big news and ga- like games coming out. And it's usually like outside of like game awards. We don't really have a lot of news in the fall. Uh, so it's usually like a lot of smaller stuff, but we do have kind of one bigger thing here. Gables, we got the, um, they, they talked with the Nintendo Direct a couple weeks ago. They announced that on October 5th, they were going to have the uh, final Smash Direct. And yep. um, they were going to reveal the final character there. Um, and to, well, I think, a lot of people's surprise, um, Sora was was announced. She's come. Uh, he is he is coming October 18th, uh, along with a uh, they also announced three of uh, the Mii Fighter costumes. Two of them are like there's like the Inkling little wig thing. There's an old cat guy. I can't remember his name. Dude or something like that. Or uh, I can't remember his name. And then Doom Guy is one of the uh, um, characters as well. And they're like seventy five cents a piece. But uh, it's funny how Sora anyway. just calls him just Doom Guy. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Uh, I but, heard it runs on almost anything. Yeah, it runs. <laughs> I heard it runs on almost every PC. Uh, but um, yeah, the the big news out of this was we had the uh, Sora is officially the last character for for Smash Ultimate. Um, and along with that, they announced that all the Kingdom Hearts games are coming to Switch through the cloud. So that was kind of another thing that came out of it. But uh, I don't know, give us when, when, when you saw all this and heard all this, what was your thoughts on everything? Shocked and surprised, really. I mean, for one, it's no surprise that for even some of the fan voting stuff, the Nintendo officially like uh, put up and stuff like that, that Sora was the number one requested character. Yeah, that I was mean, like that... 2015. That was 2015. Yes, yeah. it was that long ago and stuff. And Nintendo had known all throughout that time. Yeah, people wanted to play as Sora from Kingdom Hearts. And one of the reasons why I didn't make it into like the previous Smash Brothers games is because of the legal, the legal loopholes and all the other stuff that you have to go through in order to try to get a character like Sora inside of Smash. Because well, Kingdom Hearts is Disney, more that licenses up. A lot of that stuff is Disney-oriented, especially when you look at that trailer, the reveal trailer, and the first image you see is a Mickey Mouse head, you know, like yeah. for uh, after like th- That was stuff. actually the head that Gables drop-kicked off. <laughs> no comment. But anyway, when it came to the ultimate reveal for Sora, yeah, I was surprised because 
going into it, you know, it's like I had no expectations. I mean, I was seeing little bits of rumors here and there and stuff, like seeing little bits of thumbnails and stuff. Oh, it leaked. You know, Sora is going to be the final character, which, you know what, at this point, I don't really give a rat's ass about whether or not if it's like a rumor or if it's not a rumor or something like that. I want to see it actually unveiled for myself. Because yeah. I think even with Nintendo for this past year especially, that any type of rumors and stuff, you're not going to completely, you're not going to go forth and trust regardless. But, uh, yeah, for Sora's unveil and stuff, that was a fucking fantastic moment. And it's also a fantastic closure. And it was one of the few rare times I've seen in like an entire community of gamers and stuff like that for this game. It's like, almost all unanimously... You know, obviously there were a few people that were griping and bitching and moaning because they'll gripe and bitch and moan regardless. But uh, still, it was mostly positive in regards to the unveiling of Sora and also the unveilings of, like, uh, the Doom guy and stuff as a meat character. Of course, you know, people wanted Doom guy as a playable character as well. But uh, the biggest gripes from this whole announcement was that uh, the Kingdom Hearts games were going to be cloud-based games that you're going to be purchasing on the Switch. That's a downer. Because yeah. essentially, it's like it, they're not that technically demanding of games, especially the first two Kingdom yeah. Hearts games. Kingdom Hearts because... three should I understand that? Kingdom Hearts three, yeah, I get that. Everything else, like no, like it doesn't make. Especially like if anything, like I could see like okay, Kingdom Hearts two point eight or Kingdom Hearts one and two, maybe one is on the the fucking little cartridge and the other one's downloadable or something like that, but or digital only, but. Yeah, it, it, it's just lazy by Square Enix. Now, I will say, if you want to see some whole like wholesome reactions to the unveiling of Sora for the final character in Smash, my God, go on to YouTube, go on to other social media platforms and try to see the reactions. Mm-hmm. There are some fantastic reactions for people, like disbelief, yeah. like obviously, like overjoyed and stuff. It's something you rarely see in regards to not just gaming reveal trailers, but just for certain things, you know, in general, you know, it's, it just brings in the mind that something so almost like so simple or so basic in regards to like, say a reveal for something, you know, which will trigger somebody that actually will make them either incredibly happy or incredibly furious in regards to like maybe one, one quick slap or no, just one quick snap of the fingers, I should say. But, uh, I honestly felt that that was, a fantastic reveal. I thought it was definitely animated well. I thought the whole like ish, oh, the whole thing about uh, going through and going through it's like the move, the whole freaking character moves and stuff for Sora and this and that. You know that looked fun and stuff. I definitely, I definitely now after watching that trailer, now that I know the full roster of characters for the last like DLC stuff for Smash Brothers, the last bit of Smash Brothers Ultimate and stuff like that, it's like. Okay, that's a worthy twenty five bucks to spend yeah. on the fighter pass too. Yeah, but uh, oh my gosh, what did you have to think about it, Tyler? Um, it's it's interesting because we we were talking about it last week uh, after the you know kind of what we thought or what we were hoping for uh, after the podcast, and uh, I like jokingly was saying like Kenny Omega the wrestler because I just wanted to see the one winged <laughs> angel uh, <laughs> against Sephiroth, the other one winged angel, but uh, like. It's interesting with the, with this whole thing. Like, I didn't really feel like I had a horse in the race for this thing. Like, I definitely wanted Doom guy, um, but like, I knew that wasn't that wasn't likely. I didn't really have like no. a guy I wanted 
That was like really like, Waluigi. Obviously, that's more of a joke thing. But it'd been awesome if they did it. I mean, fucking Pichu's in the goddamn game. You could put Isabelle's in the fucking game. We could we could put fucking anyways. Um, I just wanted like cool characters that made a lot of people happy. And I think like Sora is probably the best. Ca- like obviously like people are gonna be disappointed. I, I get that. I understand that. Like there's always characters that you want to be there. If it's Crash or Master Chief or excuse me, whoever. Like I mean, there's always I, I understand that. You know, especially as big as this thing has gotten. Like, you have Steve from fucking Minecraft. Like, mm. anything's impossible at this point. And now you get, like, you know, getting your hopes up for other characters. But uh, I, I think this is, like, the best case scenario for, for this last character. I think this is, like, the best character probably to end on. Um, you know, there was definitely, like, I was just kind of more kind of want to read the room on it kind of thing. Like, I bought both uh, passes, fight passes day one as soon as I could. Uh, just because, you know, I want more Smash characters. And, like, um, you know, because I, I, you know, I still love going back playing Smash and shit like that. So, I, it's been. I think it's been mostly overall. It's been, it's been hot and cold. Like, um, like Sephiroth was fucking awesome. I thought Min Min was actually really cool. Um, uh, 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 fuck, who was like? I'm, I'm spaced on a couple here. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, but then, you know, there's a, a few that I've gone back and like brought me back to Smash to Play. And like, Sora's definitely one. Where, like the the last some of the last some of these like Hero and a couple others like Steve. I'm like I don't, I'm not interested. Like. I'm interested to see how Steve works, but I'm like, I'm not like more. So I just want a reason to go back and be excited to play these games and like just new characters. Um, but overall, I just thought this was like a really cool, like, like I said, best case scenario for what this could be. Where like, I feel like this, like they said, like they did this uh, survey like six years ago. And not only was like Sora, like overall, Sora was the overall winner in all three major areas, North America, yep. Europe and Japan. Like overwhelmingly was like I think it was like sixty percent of the votes, um, yeah. was the was the character people wanted. So I think it's awesome they made it happen. Obviously, it's kind of a bummer. Like obviously they didn't have Disney involved in this. Like you can like tell by like their state their stage they built. Like they don't have any like da- uh, Donald and Goofy aren't there. They actually had to go forth and take that stuff out because yeah. Of the- holding legal nightmares in regard to that shit. <laughs> yeah, and I, I get that. I'm sure it's probably like. Disney probably wanted a fuck ton of money to make this happen. So I, I, I think if, if you're really upset about that, I would say like, would you rather have Sora without them or just not have any Sora at all? So like, it's just kind of like count your blessings, uh, you know, on this one. Uh, but yeah, I think I, I thought it was awesome. I think it's incredible. Um, I, yeah, I could not, I just couldn't believe it. Uh, I think it's awesome. Like I said, I, I just keep saying awesome over and over again, but I really do. And I think it's just like, I, I couldn't believe when I was watching it. So I was able to like, I couldn't watch the whole thing. I snuck off at work because it was like nine o'clock my time when it happened. Yeah. And I uh, just kind of like, I just wanted to at least watch the first few minutes of the, the live thing. So I at least caught the opening trailer. I really, I thought it was Dark Souls, which I was like, oh, oh fuck. A lot of people thought it was Dark Souls because yeah, when I, that I didn't... opening flame dropped down and Mario went to go forth with it, they thought that initially it was like the, the campfire from Dark Souls. Yeah. So I didn't know if, the, if that was just a me thing because I've never played, the, the, I, mean, I, I know of them, but I've never played them. Uh, but I've seen a lot of them. Obviously, I'm sure like most people have, but like I, I then I kind of was like going online. A lot of people were like, I even I like you. I watched some like live reactions later, and I was like, I some people says dark like Dark Souls, Demon, like Demon Souls, blah, blah blah. So I thought I'm like, oh okay, so I wasn't the only one. Um, but yeah, I like I thought I thought that trailer the trailer was top notch. I love even like the character that I wasn't like super excited for, like uh, or were underwhelming. Like the, the trailers they did, the reveal them were awesome. Um, you know, I, I thought it was like a perfect swan song. For this, but like watching that, when I went home and watched the whole thing when I got home that night, and uh, just kind of like listen to Sakurai talk, I, I couldn't believe like 
it kind of like hit me like emotionally like oh my god this is it yeah. like he even mentioned like you know they announced it three and a half years ago the game's been out uh three anniversaries this december like it's crazy to think that like how long this game has been relevant for like you know yes. we see all these like you know there's games there's fighting games that have been out longer that still do fighting fight passes but it's like they don't hit like you know smash does like smash is like not only is it the the like fighting game i think for the masses but like like when when news comes out about it it's a big fucking deal like you know like obviously i'm not trying to like knock anybody down but like when the next street street fighter or dragon ball fighters or tekken or when they announce characters like the mortal Kombat or injustice games they announce new things like there might be some buzz but a lot of times the buzz is like uh you know mortal Kombat adds fucking uh freddy from a nightmare on elm street or shit like that usually it's because like there's buzz because it's like third party stuff but like you know this is like i mean i I know a lot of it's third party but this is like third party like movie like mainstream shit is like fucking the hero from dragon or dragon quest is in there she's like that it's like it's just crazy how like relevant they kept this game yeah they for... turned it into a grand like almost like a grandiose event even though it yeah. wasn't like with the bells and whistles of everything it actually anytime that nintendo would reveal another character in super smash brothers it would be quintessentially the biggest news that would come out during yeah. that day and yeah. it remained relevant throughout the entirety of the, when the Switch game was eventually released and stuff, it was definitely something with the Wii U title. All of a sudden had, like, uh, the releases. Even for, like, characters, say, like, Cloud Strife and yeah. stuff like that. Oh, my God. Each and every character reveal was something big or something in regards to fans of a particular communities. And it's one of those few games that... This is the... And this is one of those few games and stuff where I can say with certainty, this is the ultimate collaboration game. This is the yeah. ultimate like meeting of the gaming minds this is gaming history along with gaming's present just woefully melded into one another and stuff in order to create a fantastic spectacle where it feels like you have the remnants of gaming's past gaming's present and also you see little bits of like gaming's like future in regards to what initially could be going into a certain direction but when it comes to say super smash brothers as a whole you know it's like this is not going to be topped I don't feel like this is going to be topped any, even in the slightest. In no. my honest opinion, I feel like going forward and stuff, if it's if they end Super Smash Bros. a series like this, everybody I feel like will be ultimately satisfied. Yeah, with I mean, what they, has initially come out. They won't. I mean, it sold like twenty like twenty five million copies. This is yeah, yeah. Not the, they, they have to like it would be the worst. And you know, but yeah, it's like that's been the big question is like how they top it. It's just like I don't even want to like put like predict how they're because like Nintendo's Nintendo like we're gonna we can predict it but we're never gonna guess it um it could be like head scratching or it could be the best thing ever uh but um yeah I just yeah I I can't I, I can't believe it like I, I just can't I'm, I'm just like like I said like I'm not like I grew up like I I when like I enjoyed the first two Kingdom Hearts games and I I tried to get into the other ones like Chain of Memories like that and I was like nah I'm out and uh, like I fell off completely with it, and it's like even though like I'm not a big fan, I, like I said, like this is like I think best case scenario where it's like the fight, like for the, for the most part, I think this, people are happy with it, and like yeah, it's like you know, it's like like I said, like there's always that little bit of disappointment, like oh man, it'd been awesome if this character was there, that character was there, but like yeah, 89 characters, 1100 songs, 300 stages, like yeah, this is 
this is the game. This is, you know, this is like, you know, like this is the Fortnite of fighting games. Like, this is like the biggest thing. This Maybe is the fanfic of video games, pretty much. Yeah, fanfic, yeah. fanfic. Yeah. We just need, like, if it, unless it's, like, all they need to do is, like, make it, like, adult-rated, and it would be fanfic. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we can, like, crossbreed characters. But, um, yeah, I, it's just awesome. Like, there's nothing else to say besides that. It's, just, it's been, this has been incredible, and it's been an awesome ride, and all, I think it's the only thing, other thing. I hope, I think this would be the perfect way for Sakurai to go out um, with this franchise. I feel like this was his swan song. And uh, the only thing we can say on this one um, is thank you, Sakurai. Well, no shit. Thank you, yeah. Sakurai, for bringing forth a fantastic game and also for all the various work that you've done throughout the entirety of Smash Brothers' initial development and release in the 64 all the way up till now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for the last 25 years. Thank you. Or yeah, longer. No shit. 30 years almost. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, anyways, we got to move on here, though. Some other stuff here. Uh, so, the GTA the trilogy, the definitive edition has finally been revealed. Uh, it's been leaked forever. Yeah. We talked about it months ago when it's first released our first leaked. And then it's been leaked multiple times since then by it's been rated in this country, rated in that country. And then Rockstar's launcher of all things, their, their, <laughs> their source it. site leaked it. <laughs> and then they finally uh, revealed it. I think just yesterday on Friday and they did like a 26 second little video for it. But no gameplay, so we don't know how that's going. We don't know how it's going to look, or anything like that. But they did say it's going to come out um, uh, some this year. Um, wow. the, the original, like just a couple weeks ago, I was listening to a podcast, and uh, one of the people was talking that they are pretty good at leaks. Uh, they were saying that it was supposed to be an October re- release, uh, but it got pushed back to um, November. So yeah, so it's coming to everything, including Switch. Uh, it's coming to. It's even going to come to uh, iOS and Android. In 2022, we have no pricing details or anything like that, so we don't know what this is going to cost. Um, it's the, I guess just say it's the PS2 trilogy, so it's three, uh, San Andreas and Vice City. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, and uh, so uh, there's a couple things. I wish I, fa- I wish I found the the quote here. There's a quote um, about how it was going to be because they said like it's going to be like it's going to look um, more modern. It's going to play better than ever, but it's also going to look and play just like how it did back in the day. So it was a very confusing statement they made. And they huh. kind of like, in, in like one sentence, they, um, oh, here, across the board upgrades, including graphical improvements and modern gameplay enhancements, um, leaving the classic look and, uh, but it also will have the classic look and feel the originals. Meaning the cars will drive like ass. Yeah. So you'll be driving on ice, on ice. Um, <laughs> yeah. But they also did say that, um, this week, I think on Tuesday, they're pulling all of the, um, uh, wherever you can buy the uh, original games right now, um, they're pulling those off of the store. Really? So this will, yeah. So like, um, I think they're on PS, you can buy the PS2 version. You can buy them on like PSN and okay. I, I don't know if they're on like the Xbox store or uh, steam or anything like that, so but they will be ultimately just pulling the original versions of the games off the storefronts pretty much. Yes, and then this will be the definitive edition. They have no, they haven't said uh, how it's going to be. Like, um, like are they coming out separately? Is it one package? They haven't, like I said, they haven't said anything. Uh, they, it's not a remake, but I, yeah, I don't know. Um, it would be smart if they released it as a full package. I mean, for God's sakes, I mean that's how the games were sold, like for years in the collaboration stuff. I mean, I don't think they're going to get like anywhere between like 
20 to 40 dollars a piece for those damn things i i i i I mean it's gta i mean they could probably put it out for 50 bucks and it's gonna sell like gangbusters i mean gta 5 is the highest selling game of all time it's still constantly one of the highest selling games every month um gta 5 online is bigger i mean i think gta is bigger now than it's ever been which is crazy to think um when you think about you know 20 years ago when when, like gta 3 and all them launched so um yeah i don't know i think it's they can do whatever they can do the nintendo and put it out full price and people will buy it yeah i don't know how are you feeling on this one well to be perfectly honest with you i kind of suspected that uh they (laughs) i kind of suspected that this would be an announcement sooner or later it's one of those worst kept secrets that rockstar has had i mean leaked across multiple boards rating boards and stuff and also on their launcher it's almost reminiscent to like uh, how we knew about the Castlevania Advance Collection because of the, all the different re- board releases, yeah. you know. And it's like, well, once it's in a ratings board and stuff like that, you kind of figure that they're going to be announcing it eventually. And lo and behold, like yesterday or something like that, you know, confirmation of the trilogy, but we don't know when the date is, or we only know that it's going to be look better, hopefully play better, modernized in that sense, and. Uh, retain some bit of the classic look and feel, which I kind of think would be kind of hilarious if you could just input the same cheat code or something and just lock up your game. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, yeah. I, I, mean, I grew up with these. I remember playing these a lot, but it was like, because it was exciting to play back in the day because it was like so different from anything else. Yeah. Just goofing off, but like I've never beaten a GTA game ever. Um, oh. I mean, it's oh, okay. I, I was I was kind of just like curious. Like, it's kind of like the sort of thing. You just kind of read about online, see how people are feeling. A lot of people are excited about this, so. I mean, hey, good for you guys. I'm I'm happy for you guys, but I'm I'm curious. Like, once we see how they like, but it's like excitement right now. But like, I'm curious what people like. I've I've also heard some people are like, you know, fuck this. Um, so I, I don't know. I want to. I think I just want to see what what the what the feedback's gonna be when we actually see it and yeah. get, the, get the pricing details because I think that's gonna be more telling. But uh, I mean, it's gonna sell at like Gangbusters regardless. But I'm just uh, I don't know. I just want to. Well, yeah, they're I iconic see, games. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, they're they're gonna sell well, and I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not I, I'm not expecting like a huge upgrade. Like it's not I don't like it's they're gonna HD them. It's gonna be like when they HD games from like PS2 to PS3 and shit like that. When it's just like I mean, it looks shinier, but it's still it's still the same games at the core. <laughs> yeah, it's the same game, but like it just has like like it still looks old, but it's just kind of shinier, you know. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, this, so this isn't really news Gables, but I, I thought we'd just talk about it. Uh, we are in the last quarter of the year Gable. So I thought it'd be yep. kind of fun here. What's the rest of 2021 game wise looking for you? All right. So with the purchase of Metroid Dread, I actually only have maybe one or two games I want to try to purchase left that's releasing this year. And, uh, ultimately I know I have a couple of games I need to pick up, which is, uh, one, the maze, because of uh, the whole stuff, the tie and stuff. And the second, oh my god. Oh god, I can see the box art image. I'm trying to remember it Night now. Trap? It's Night Trap, yes. Mm-hmm. Barring those two games, there's like maybe one or two games I want to purchase for the rest of the year. One of them being Pokemon Shining, like, no, Brilliant Diamond. <laughs> so yeah, Brilliant Diamond. That's next month. But uh, there's going to be one more game... 
I'm going to have to decide what game it's going to be because November and even the rest of this month, you know, it's like, it's like this crazy in regards to what I could potentially do. I could get Advance Wars if I really wanted to in December. Mm -hmm. I could. It's just like a wild card game. It's quintessentially that. But, uh, ultimately, yeah, I mean, I've, I pretty much have satisfied what I've come forth to uh, do this year where it's like I've I've played more new games this year than I have like in the past couple of years that's a fact because of game pass and stuff trying out games yeah. say like uh, rain on your parade and like uh, cyber shadow and trying out other types of crazy or weird games in and of itself I mean like with Haven as well I mean god there's like all sorts of various games that I have tried Dodgeball out Academia. well yeah Dodgeball Academia that is definitely one fantastic game that I would recommend anybody play because it's quintessentially Pokemon and Dodgeball. I mean, for God's sake. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's actually more like Paper Mario and Dodgeball than I think about it. With some Pokemon references and mechanics. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely if they had Dodgeball with Paper... like The, the Paper Mario Pokemon team got together and made a Dodgeball game. Yeah, and surprisingly it works. Yeah, But, uh... Much. Yeah, if not for games like that, you know, it's like I, if I didn't have Game Pass, I wouldn't even attempt to have played nearly as much because yeah. really I don't <laughs> have that much money in regards to spend willy nilly. But Tyler, what about you? What do you feel like you're going to be playing for the rest of the year or maybe getting? Oh, it, it, it's quite a bit. Okay. It's quite a bit actually, and I, I'm agreeing with you. Like dodge or uh, dodgeball. Uh, dodgeball is also really fun, but um. Game Pass has been the MVP of the year for sure. Like I, I was looking about at the other day, I was like, there's like nine or there's like I think eight or nine games I've beaten this year from Game Pass. Uh, I have like a running thing, like a tab here on my phone, where like a notepad where I, I keep track of like game releases and like keep track of like if I pre-ordered them and like where I have them pre-ordered and blah like stuff like that. And then like kind of like games that like I, I don't put them like in order, but like right, you know, like Gables, like you put a list out of all the games you beat. Like I have a list yep. here of like games that are like. You know that when we do our top ten list, like just help me that way. I keep keep an eye, like help remember, like I don't forget anything. Like help me, like memorize. Like these are games I enjoyed this year. These are games that like uh, that came out this year that I enjoyed. And, like uh, I'll put these on my like game of the year like potential games. And six of them are uh, I have thirteen here so far, and six of them are Game Pass games. Some of them I would have bought anyways, but because of Game Pass, I didn't have to pay for them. And some of these, like I definitely wouldn't even bought for sure right. went for him so but um there's a couple of game pass games in here as well it's actually four games in here that are game pass three games here that are game pass for the rest of the year so uh okay. i did pick up alan wake remastered um okay I think on you told tuesday me uh yeah so i got that it's only 30 bucks i picked it up i've got i have i spoil alert for later on i i played nothing this week i just haven't had any time and then today was you know busy all morning and then by the time i had like uh, anytime by the time I sat down I had like an hour for the Iowa game and then the Iowa game then here I am so, I have had time to play any games this week and or today I also picked up Far Cry 6 oh, on Thursday okay. but uh, I'm gonna hold off on that one I think I'm gonna try to because I'm, I'm really excited to play it actually because uh, things I've been hearing about it are like got me kind of a little more excited than I, I thought I would be um, but I'm gonna hold try to hold off for a little bit because uh, uh, for Extra Life I think that'd be a perfect Extra Life game for me um, Ubisoft games are great for extra life. Um, uh, also, this is coming on Tuesday. 
This is coming to Game Pass as well. Back for Blood. Yes. Coming out October 12th. So I'm really pumped for that. And it also has a campaign. So I'm wondering how that works. That has me more excited. But I, I can't wait to play. Uh, at least check that out. Uh, coming out. So October is pretty crazy for me. Uh, then on October 22nd, uh, House of Ashes, which is the uh, third game from uh, the, oh, the anthology. It's the anthology series from the Until Dawn people. Okay. Uh, they, they have like an eight, eight game deal with Namco Bandai to make uh, like anthology th- series of uh, those Until Dawn style games. And this is the third one, House of Ashes. It's like $30. I, I pre- I, um, I'm happy with this time. It's actually coming out physically day and date. Usually they have it only be digital. Then later on they would do a physical edition. So now, cause like I'm going to beat it. It's like four hours long, usually four or five hours. And I can just trade it right back in and get some money back for it. Um, coming out the, uh, actually the day before that uh, is, a game called Echo Generations coming to Game Pass as well. Okay. Uh, it was a game I was actually looking forward to, but then they announced it coming to Game Pass, so that's awesome. Uh, it's like a kind of gives me like Costume Quest vibes in a huh. way, uh, which I love Costume Quest back in the day. It's not like a Halloween themed game, but like I just get those vibes from that game. So, um, like, a, uh, it's like a, uh, like it's a turn based strategy, but it's like live action as well, or like. There's like some like beats to it, shit like that. So kind of like almost kind of like Paper Mario uh, fighting uh, style, uh, where you got like use like rhythm and to the beat, the right. extra shit. Uh, but also like just the last week of October is nuts. Guards of the Galaxy coming out October 26th. It's probably my most anticipated game for the rest of the year. Um, I am super pumped for that. Um, I'm hoping like I, I've, I've said over and over again, if this game comes out as an eight out of ten, I'll be fucking pumped because uh, I, I don't think this will be like a 10 out of 10 game but i'm just hopeful it's a it's a good game because i feel like this game could be a six or or it's going to be like an eight i feel like there's no maybe it, it could be worse obviously but i feel like best case scenario it's an 80 on metacritic worst case scenario it's like it's in this like the, the 60s somewhere uh and I, but I'm, I'm really excited i think the game could potentially be really good um another game pass game coming november 9th uh is forza horizon 5 is it 5 yeah, five. I think so. Uh, yeah. That's coming out November 9th. Credit pump for that. This game, I, I I like the Forza Horizon games. It's definitely, but it's like I'm never like a big enough racing fan to, like to buy these games. Like I really want to play like Cruising Blast, but it's like fifty bucks, and I'm like, man, I really want to play the game, but I don't want to pay that much for it. Uh, then there's that new Hot Wheels game that's supposed to be really good. That just came out like a couple weeks ago, but that's a full price game as well. I'm like, god damn, mm-hmm. like these games look really cool. I don't want to pay full price for them. Uh, but Forza Horizon is like a definitely game. I'm, I'm gonna like. I don't. It's not. I don't think I'm gonna put like a ton of hours in this, but uh, right. speed game for sure. I, I can't wait to check out. I wish it came out like three days earlier so I could play it on on extra <laughs> life day. It'd be fucking fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely. I'm even. I'm even buying the uh, extra or not the extra. I'm buying the uh, Forza Horizon Five controller because I think it's fucking beautiful. Um, yeah, that's a nice then, controller. Yeah, uh, and like you, Gables, December third, uh, Advance Wars One and Two. I loved Advance Wars back in the day on Game Boy Advance and DS. Uh, so of course, I mean, I'm, I'm a little upset. I'm paying full price for it at 60 bucks, but whatever. I'm going to enjoy the shit out of this well, game. Think of it this way. You're paying $30 a piece for the games. Yeah. That's a good way of looking at it. So, um, good point. Touche. That would have uh, been the same I, price as what they were originally. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm pumped for this. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, and then like a lot of other people coming to game pass, Halo Infinite on December 8th. Um, you know, like Gables and I, we are not like. Huge, huge Halo fans. Gables last year went through and beat all the games last year. Yeah, uh, I beat I beat the original three like way back then. But like, 
I beat four just this year, and then I've started five. Uh, I do, I want to finish five. I'm, not, I'm just not enjoying that game, but I just, I just want to finish it so I can finish. It. I'm I'm like halfway through it. I got like halfway through it in like a, like two sittings, like a month or so ago, and I just never went back to it. Uh, but I just need to finish it for uh, before it comes out because I I probably got like four hours left in that game. Um, but yeah, that that's that's pretty much it. So it's like, it's a pretty crazy uh, like this month is nuts. Next month, I or in November, I have one game, uh, the Forza Horizon, and then in early December, I have two games. So uh, it's like a lot of bunch in right in the next few weeks, and then I'm gonna have a lot of a lot. Of, I mean, a lot of wide open space here and there. I do have like I do have uh, Pokemon one of the Pokemon games pre ordered at GameStop, but I don't know if I'm gonna pick it up. I might just move it to another game if I don't know. I'm just gonna wait and see. How I'm feeling around that time, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's fifty fifty one, and I get it. But uh, yeah, I, don't know, I just thought it'd be fun to talk about. You know, we are getting that last chunk of the year. We are getting closer to uh, that time. We got a couple months here, about two and a half months until we have to do our uh, game of the year list. So yep, um, it is our time where we need to anything on our, our uh, pile of shame. We need to knock out and um, yeah. So I'm, we definitely you know, the we I've got a lot of pretty good games on my list, but we definitely have a lot of pretty good games to come out the rest of the year. So. That's that's pretty much it for the bigger topics. Um, Gables, did you watch the Resident Evil trailer? Okay, the Resident Evil trailer for the no. movie. No, okay. I didn't. All right, I, I meant to show you that for the podcast because I wanted to talk about it on here, but uh, uh, we can maybe talk about it next week because uh, okay, I can't believe I watched it. Gables, it looks terrible. But <laughs> oh no! People are like, apparently I'm the crazy one because people seem to like it, and I don't know why. I feel like I'm losing my fucking mind on the internet. <laughs> I'm like, it's like, what is happening? Why are why are people being positive about this? How are people being positive? I don't know. It's blowing my mind. But uh, anyways, Gables, let's get to some uh, smaller news stories here. Okay. Um, this is kind of a weird thing here that happened. That um, a Ghostbusters game is in development by the Friday the 13th team of all people. Hmm. Uh, which is kind of funny because so the uh, co-founder of uh, the team. Oh God, what's can't uh what is the name of that goddamn team i can't try to find it here uh oh ilphonic studio um he uh he was doing a podcast and he mentioned in the pod he accidentally mentioned that they are working on those they made the friday 13th the predator and honey ground games both of which um i love predator a lot i just didn't have any i wish i would want to play it more but i don't know gable did you download it last month for for PS Plus, yes, I have. So if you want to play it for extra life, I mean, let's oh, sucky sucky, yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I want to try to get a game right. I've been trying to get people to play with me that game for a year and a half. My parents bought it for me for my birthday last year, and I put like five or six hours to it. I really like that game. It's just a game that you need to play with friends. Um, yeah, I would. Yeah, same with Friday Thirteenth. Friday Thirteenth, not really a great game, but it's a really fun game. Yeah, it uh, is like it's friends. technically not a good game, but it's like just a fun game to play. And I, we've had multiple really great gamer nights playing that. Uh, so they make not like top tier games, but they make they're fun to play with friends kind of games. Apparently, they're making a um, uh, a Ghostbusters game. They do have a game that's like I think in beta now. They announced it at the uh, PlayStation Five showcase last month. The Arcade Again uh, game that's oh, it's early yeah. access now. It's coming out twenty twenty two. That game just looked Looks like uh, I, yeah, just nothing about it looked looked original or inter- interesting. I feel like the game's gonna come out and die immediately, but uh, apparently that's what they're working on. Um, I don't know. I, I'm up for whatever they make. Um, 
yeah, I, I like I said, I've enjoyed both of the games they made so far. Um, and I, lo- I love. Excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm a little hiccup of you over here. Uh, I love the Ghostbusters um, IP. I love. You know, I remember playing playing the shit out of the original Ghostbusters game on Xbox 360 uh, back in the day. Um, so I'm fully on board for a uh, f- them making a, f- a four versus ghost game with Ghostbusters uh, IP. So what about you, Gableson? Actually, that would sound pretty interesting. And I'd like to see their take upon a Ghostbusters game. Mm-hmm. They did a fun time. They had a fun time creating the Friday the 13th game. I know that for a fact. But mm-hmm. uh, Predator Hunting Ground and stuff like that, that's something I still need to play a little bit. But uh, yeah, they did do a lot of interesting research upon that game as well. So it's going to be interesting to see not only the concept of the game itself, like how they're going to go forth and use some of these classic characters. Is it going to be the same type of isometric, like the 4v1 versus like thing in and of itself? I mean, because that's kind of like what they're known for now, or if it's going to be a, like a, just a straight shot, like adventure game, but who knows? Yeah. I mean, well, the arcade again is a little different. I think it's like a PVP versus PVP game. So I imagine it'll be in the same vein, but uh, I don't know. I just hope for their sake that like this, like Sony owns the Ghostbusters IP. Hopefully nobody tries to sue for the rights of the IP because Predator and Friday the 13th, they, they had to like kind of abandon because somebody like took the IP owners to court over the game, like over the, not the game, but like the IP, like yeah. the uh, Friday the 13th, they were like still doing updates for, and they were still working on the game, adding content to it. And they had to like, I don't know where to stop development because one of the creator, people, I think. When, well, it was like one of the people that helped write the original script uh, or something like that took, took uh i think it was like new line cinema the court and i think just last year earlier this year like won the court case for the rights to the uh, ip so they couldn't they legally were not no longer allowed to like keep working on the game so like i think they were able to do like the like they have like two patches they're putting out but all the content like new maps new skins all that they're planning on putting out they couldn't put out and then i think the same thing happened to predator just this year Um, wow so i don't think they're like i don't think i think they could still do stuff for the game but like there, there's the court case or a predator now, I think too. So, hopefully, Sony's not gonna get sued by like Bill Murray or something. I don't, I don't think Bill Murray's a suing type though. But who knows? Um, it's like the, like Marvel's being sued right now over IP stuff after, um, uh, Stan Lee passed away. Like his family is trying to sue, sue him for sue Marvel for the rights to some of their stuff now. Um, uh, so who knows? Um, next up, Gables here. Uh. Ghost Recon Frontline. Um, that is a uh, it's it's like a fifty v fifty, uh, hundred person uh, style game. But well, I don't know how it works. There's like different there's different game styles. Anyways, Ubisoft announced Ghost Ghost Recon Frontline, which is gonna be like the free to play um, game that they're doing. That is uh, like I don't, there's different game modes with like there's like fifty fifty versus fifty. There is like uh, one where there's uh, squad of three, but you also like are they get to like get intel to like solve the douche. I don't know. It's just go. Ubisoft is announcing a free to play game that they're doing right now. Basically, just trying to get into the world. Like yeah, you know, like we we see a lot of things. Like a lot free to play shooters are the big thing now. Apex, uh, Fortnite, uh, Warzone. Um, I think this one's interesting because this is like this is Ubisoft's. Uh, they just announced X Defiant a couple months ago. Yes, which is going to be their. F- free-to-play arena shooter game that's 6v6 um that's coming out next year uh i think early next year 
They they released Hyperscape, which was their battle royale game that went on the beta last year. And I think it actually came out, but like it came out and it like within like a month, I like Ubisoft like like based. I don't know. It feels like the game was just got abandoned almost immediately. Uh, they also have the, the Division Heartland, which is going to be a free-to-play game coming out. Uh-huh. Uh, then also they announced the, earlier this year the Assassin's Creed Infinity, or Infinite. I don't know what's, if, it's, if it's Infinity or Infinite. They announced that they're in development of making that, which we have no idea what that is, but it's going to also be a free-to-play thing. So there is now one, two, three, four, five games they've officially announced that they are making. Two are uh, Hyperscape is out. Um, X of Fine, I think, is in beta. Ghost Recon will be going to beta. A Frontline will be coming to beta soon, early out, I think out sometime next year. Uh, and then, like I said, Heartland is supposed to come out next year sometime. And then who knows where uh, Assassin's Creed Infinite is. But we're, we're seeing um, it's Ubisoft uh, double, quadruple, whatever, after quadruple down on these free-to-play games. I just, I mean, what, what's your thoughts on, on the, all this, of like them just going out there on all this? Hmm. Way too many free-to-play games, that's for a fact. Second thing, if they truly wanted to go forth and have a live-service style of game for each and every bit of uh, their franchises that are remotely popular now, it's like, nah, man. I mean, that 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 has long since gone in that regards, in my honest opinion. It's like, I understand the steps they're trying to make with uh, some of the most popular IPs, with Assassin's Creed, with Ghost Recon and stuff, and like with... Uh, even for other games that are somewhat similar in regards to their style or, or even like in terms of the same formula, you know, like a Watch Dogs or whatever. It's just... It's just with this sort of announcement with the Ghost Recon stuff, I I just get the same type of feeling like I do now with like, say, for Call of Duty, say like Warzone or even like any, any type of like 50v50 or like any type of like other multiplayer style like military shooter. I really don't care at the yeah. same time you know it's like it's a disservice i feel ubisoft transforming their games into like these live service like free to play sort of things with all these microtransaction things hidden in because it's like yeah they'll go forth and there will be people that'll be going forth playing what they want to play and put money into it but it they're not in my honest opinion worthwhile because well they're not worthwhile to me because I'm not going to have too much interest in investing in them. But for a lot of gamers, they're not going to be interested in playing this style of game only because it's not like a full-fledged like Ghost Recon game like they like they say they they want. You know, like a third-person sort of exploration things like a Wildlands or even like even to a certain extent, sort of like maybe Breakpoint, maybe not as bad. But uh, <laughs> I personally don't like the announcement because i feel like ubisoft is overdoing it with the amount of free-to-play like live service like games in and of itself and i think people are just going to grow tired because it's going to get to the point where it's going to be the same type of formulas even for these free-to-play games you know it's like okay it's a different name different skins of characters but it's the same old shit yeah yeah i just <clears throat> it might work i i mean there's just that that, that new story we talked about back in like may uh where they announced that they're kind of like really going hard like they're not giving up on the triple a games that they're doing but they're are kind of growing the free-to-play element which i mean it's a big it's a big the big chunk of the pie uh like yeah. there's a lot of people out there that just they this is what they play they don't buy games they like my my dad and my sister all they play is 
war zone you know and it's like that that's and they play it all the time like every day they play it that's their thing um they don't play any other games like they, well i should say that they play very few other games but they're all they're, this is like that's their go-to game um you know they're pc gamers is what they do but um there's an audience for it and it's just like we talk about all the time when these games come out it's just like especially even these smaller games like like we're just talking about like arcade again like that game feels like you look at it i mean sometimes it might surprise you like it's like I mean, when Fortnite came out, the original game, not the Battle Royale mode, when that came out, that game died immediately. Absolutely. And then they, like, PUBG was a big thing. So, like, oh, we're going to convert this and make a, a Battle Royale thing. And we we're all talking about, oh, they're just copying PUBG. And then, boom, now it's six years now. It's been the six, seven years now. Uh, it's been the biggest, not seven years, but, like, probably five years or so. Mm-hmm. been the biggest thing in gaming, biggest thing in entertainment over the last five years. Yep. And they've sustained that success for the most part. Um Maybe not as big as it was a few years ago, but still, when when big events happen, it's the biggest thing. It's the biggest thing in entertainment. Yeah. Um. So there's an audience there, like, and there's like these small pockets. They're small, like in the grand scheme of things, but they're big amount of people that like have these audience. Like Rocket League has a big audience. You know, we're talking about Smash Brothers. Yeah. So it's a big audience. Um. I know it's not free to play. It's a different thing. But like, there's these free, these smaller games. There's like all these phone games, mobile games that come out that are free and people like they're just out there that we've never heard of that are like the hot, some of the highest grossing games of video games right now. Um, bigger than, Oh, and there's even like certain like mobile games and stuff like that, that had to do with, uh, say things like Bitcoin or something or like reselling yeah. cards. Like I kid you not, I had a conversation with, uh, one of the former like uh, healthcare workers that usually comes in to help my dad and stuff like that. Right. And he showed me his phone one of his games and stuff to where you are a lot. This is, there's a specific game, right? Where you, get like specific type of like uh, cards from these packs like you put actual money into it and stuff and then mm-hmm. these certain like cards you can go forth and hold until next season or you go and like spend money in this and that but the whole concept is getting these cards right and reselling them for almost twice the initial worth and that's like with actual money I'm thinking and mm-hmm. I think thinking of myself looking at this stuff it's like god that can't be legal <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it's it's yeah and that's not even really a game it's just yeah um yeah, it's nuts. I mean, like we we see these things. We're like, you know, Dead by Daylight has an audience. Yeah. You know? Like, there's so many of these. Like, Brawlhalla has an audience. That's a free play game. But that I mean that they had an audience before Ubisoft bought it, but now Ubisoft owns it. But um, so I mean, there's definitely a, a path to success for these. I, I wonder if it's just throwing darts and see what sticks. But we've also seen like, I, Hyperscape's the one one thing they put out so far. They put a big push behind that. Oh, excuse me, I'm really burpy today. They put a big push behind that. Back in uh, you know last spring or summer, uh, did a did a PC beta, um, and I think they're eventually going to put it on consoles. And never came, never even came to consoles. Right. And I mean, like I said, I don't even know if that thing came out uh, 1.0. It just I feel like it it came out and they just it didn't really take off like they wanted, and you know they kind of give it up on it. So like right away, like all right, cool. Like, is are you like if this thing doesn't become as big as you want it to be, are you going to bail immediately? Like. So right away, you've already kind of given us, like, bad vibes about, like, okay, are you going to dump this as soon as, like, it's not hot? Or, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I mean, it might work. But it's, like, also, it's, like, it's kind of, like, a kind of a bummer. Like, Ubisoft there for a while, like, in the beginning of last generation to the middle. Like, really the end of, like, the 360 PS3 area to, like, the, even, like, the middle of PS4, Xbox One generation. Like, there was a good five, six-year stretch where they were, like, revolutionary to the game industry where like they made like 
yeah, they didn't create open world games, but like the modern day map game is is their thing. It's yeah. just like we've seen that now where like we always talk about the Ubisoft bloat where it's like, you know, like for they were like so revolutionary to like gaming and now it's just like they have like quite like you play you play them all like I'm I'm excited to play Far Cry six, but it's like I I, I, I there's the same complaints are there it's like i don't expect to beat the goddamn game because it's like there's something like you hear about like i was so i was really excited to play assassin's creed uh valhalla last year but i heard to beat the game it's like gonna take over 100 hours to, like yep. beat the main game and there you uh, go like i loved assassin's creed um odyssey and that came out in 2018 but it's like fuck man it took me like 40 hours to beat the game and i was ready to, i was kind of done with that game after 25 and that was just me mainlining the fucking game after about 15 hours um it's like it's you play Watch Dogs, Assassin's Creed, Ghost Recon, uh, Far Cry. You name it. It's like they're different franchise. They're different IPs, but they all have the same feel to them. Yep. Uh, and it's just kind of like they've kind of hit this copy paste method with their IPs. And it's just now it's like they went from being kind of like ahead of everybody in this in this field to like now they're just kind of like, oh well, we we just know what works and we're gonna keep doing it. And it's like. We're gonna try to jump into other fads too. It's kind of disappointing. Yeah, it's kind of like um, that. And they kind of more or less stuck. They pretty much stuck with what is safe and that what makes money for them, and that's kind of essentially comfort food to a lot of their fan base. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's like not to say they don't take chances. Like uh, there was like the the um, trials games were awesome back. Like right, they, I mean, trials was that that was during like the days when they were taking they were taking chances like. Uh, Mario Plus Rabbids, we're getting a second one of that. Yep. But like, Next there, year. Rider Republic is coming out later this month. Like, they're still doing shit. Like, Steep, there's they're still doing shit. But it's just like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's just they're not they're not hitting like they used to. Um, it's kind of it's just kind of a disappointment. But uh, we gotta move on here to some other stuff. Gables, I don't I don't really have too much to say on this one. I don't know if you do because I know you're the one that you're the one that played it here of us. Uh, Animal Crossing is having a direct on October fifteenth, mm-hmm. uh, so I think next Thursday that'd be or next Friday, uh, seven o'clock your time, Pacific yep. time, nine o'clock my time, Central time. It's gonna be about twenty minutes long. Um, I don't know. I mean, you put hundreds of hours in this game uh, last year. I mean, I don't know where you're at like, as far as the potential of getting back into this, or if there's anything they could do, or like kind of what I don't know, like what what's some. I mean, if there's anything that possible for like, you to get back into this this game. Well, honestly, it's going to be something that's probably going to be something simple or mundane or whatever the heck that gets me back into try to playing uh, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and stuff. But uh, I've heard the hearsay of regards to some of the content that may potentially like get in the new update. You know, the whole thing about Brewster and stuff, and like, the whole coffee shop aspect in that regards. I mean, that's somewhat interesting. But at the same time, what would get me back into it if it's something that kind of strikes my interest, really? And if it's has a lot more customization stuff for houses, most more customization stuff for like creating clothes or whatever the hell, or even like different types of map designs or whatever the hell. I mean, that would be a pretty much a fun thing as well, but uh, more scripted events and stuff for different holidays, you know, cause uh, Nintendo didn't really keep up with all this stuff during its full first year release because of the COVID stuff. But Honestly, it's not yeah. going to take much, but uh, if it's something fun and substantial, I may get back to playing some more Animal Crossing New Horizons, maybe by the end of the year, who knows. But it's not my first priority in regards to the gaming stuff right now. Yeah, I'm curious. I like, I, yeah, I've listed a lot of people that, that played you know hundreds of hours into this, and 
I still regularly go back and do events and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, I feel like a lot of people are at a very big frustration point, and this is kind of like the shitter got off the pot level for them is this direct. I know a couple of people that have spent roughly at least a couple of people that I know in real life and stuff that have played over 500 hours a piece. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is, I think a big one for like, I mean, this game's going to continue to sell. It's in the top 20 every month for, yep. um, MPDs, but I feel like for the hardcore like this, like, you know, like a lot of people were pissed off, uh, last year, like earlier this year with the Easter event where they literally just did the last, the Easter event for the, the year before. Like they just yeah, did they the did. Exact same thing over again. So it's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I'm just kind of like I'm keeping an eye on it, but it's you know I'm not a Animal Crossing guy. Um, this one, I, oh god, we gotta talk about this one, Gables. Uh, so Nintendo kind of actually came out and talked about the Joy-Con drift finally. Yeah. Um, and they said that Joy-Con drift is unavoidable. Um, so here is a I can't. Um, Euro Consumer is who they talked to, and they asked a question about it. And it was kind of like talk. They were talking about the OLED and all that. Um, so one of the things that um. Okay, here. So Toru uh, Yamashita from Nintendo's Technology Development Division explains how the Japanese company has continuously making improvements for the Joy-Con since launch, which the original model and noted that um, the you know with the Joy-Con, the latest version, blah blah. Uh, this is his quote here. We mentioned the Joy-Con specifications hadn't changed in the sense that we didn't add new features such as new buttons, but the analog six the Joy-Con controllers included with Nintendo Switch OLED are the latest version with the improvements. Needless to say. So are the analog sticks included? Um, okay, nothing there. All right. Um, okay, here's the next quote here. I'm sorry. I'm just kind of reading this live. Should have okay. probably checked this. I meant to go back and double check this before I, I, I talked about the show. Um, Nintendo didn't specifically state uh, what had been improved with the inside the controller. More generally, focused on enhancing resistance, durability, reliability. The analog sucks here. So he says, uh, this is his quote again. In the, the analog sticks at first release cleared the Nintendo reliability test using the method of rotating the sticks while continuously applying a load to it. Uh, the same criteria with the Wii U gamepad, as we've always, uh, we're, we're always trying to improve it as well. We investigated the Joy-Con controls used by the customers and repeatedly improved the wear and resistance and durability. Um, he did say, however, it's unavoidable. Um, and then, uh, so here's the, so the, the guy doing the interview said, do you mean that basically wear is unavoidable as long as the parts are physically in contact? And this is a quote from Nintendo. Yes, for example, uh, car tires wear out as the cars move. Is there a constant friction with the ground to rotate? So with that same premise, we asked ourselves, how can we improve durability? And not only that, but how can we operate? Operability and durability coexist with something we're continuously tackling. Uh, he also said that the degree of wear depends on the factors, combina- uh, uh, like the combination of materials and forms. So we continue to make improvements by researching which combinations are less likely to wear. Uh, we mentioned that the Joy-Con controller specifications hadn't changed in the sense that we didn't add new features. Um, but the analog uh, sticks and the Joy-Cons include are the latest version of the improvements. I'm talking about the OLED edition. News to say, uh, sort of the analog uh, sticks included in Nintendo Switch, blah, 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 blah. Basically, I I can't, I couldn't read this without like chuckling at this. I just, uh, comparing it to car tires, uh, wearing down over time. Yes, I understand that everything wears down over time. Our consoles, our computers, technology, our cars, everything like that. As you had miles to them, yes, they wear down. The problem isn't that it wears down over time. The problem is, like, it's not like if I got new tires in my car and then pulled out of the parking lot and they immediately all four popped. 
that would be a problem. Yep. This is the difference with the Joy-Con drift compared to a car's tires wearing down over time. It's the fact that the Joy-Con drift is a thing that happens pretty much out of the box. This yep. isn't like a thing that happens. Yes, it happens. Obviously, it, yeah, it could happen after 100 hours of use, after 10 hours of use. The problem is a lot of the shit is like very quickly. This isn't years down the line. We, had, we were complaining about Joy-Con drift just like a few months after the fucking thing came out. Yep. And like there was talks about it when it first came out, kind of like PS five and Xbox had that. Like there were some pop-up cases. You ever heard shit since then? Nope. Like, yeah, it's going to happen. You're going to have cases of, you know, faulty technology. That shit happens. But like the fact that like widespread issues talked about just a couple months after the launch of the console. And here we are, we're almost, we are four and a half years into this fucking console gables. And, the new Joy-Cons coming out still are coming out of the box with drift issues. I have four pairs of Joy-Cons. Four pairs. Three of them have Joy-Con drift. I never use these things. I never play in a handheld. I never... I. The only time I've ever done hand, like used the Joy-Cons yeah. is when I would play Mario Party. Uh, other than that, like I, I did it a handful of times playing in a handheld when I first got them. Of the three that I have... They have Joy-Con drift. The other one, the other pair I have, I have the Hyrule one they did with Skyward Sword. Got it. I've never used them, so I don't know if they have Joy-Con drift. I've never won, I've never pressed the button with them. So they could have it for all I know. I just don't use it, so I don't know. So, like, three brand new things I never, three brand new Joy-Cons that I use that I barely ever use I had Joy-Con drift almost instantaneously. Wow. Probably, if, if not instantaneously. So, I don't know. That I, I just... That analogy was like dumbfounding when I read it. What about you, Gables? I'm in agreement. That definitely is dumbfounding. In order not only to compare them with like rotating tires, but like going over the fact, and this is just something that uh, I personally believe is like Nintendo has already known about this well, well knowing about how faulty a lot of these Joy-Con controllers are in terms of their analog sticks. And not only for the Joy-Con drift, but also how easy it is to repair that stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, for God's sakes. I mean, you have videos of people opening up their Joy-Cons, putting little things up like little... Oh, God. what are Not just... Oh, I'm not going to say cotton, but like little bits like foam or something. Little cubes yeah. of foam inside there and fixing their goddamn Joy-Cons and stuff. Yeah. They Justin had... has fixed multiple Joy-Cons that way. Yes, exactly. Himself at home. Nearly five years. During that time... They could have fixed these controllers, given us brand new type of Joy-Cons without having to put up the same shit, charge $80 for two, and then immediately out of the box, not even last a month because of Joy-Con drift. That is unexcusable. For them yeah. and their, their whole hardware department in that regards and stuff, and the reason why that they still keep on doing it is because people keep buying them. And that yeah. is mostly the reason why that... Because of how successful the Switch is, this is something that's not going to change. Unless they're forced to change that them if, say, they were to lose a class action lawsuit or which something. Which happening right now. Which may not be the case or may not happen in that regards. But yeah. I could have understood that point of view from, like, Nintendo if, for, say, these Joy-Con stuff was, you know, actually, like... Uh, not as frequent, but when you have 
like nearly like 60 or 65 percent of the people that own switches and stuff complaining about joy con drift almost mm. almost i compare that near like how the xbox 360 had the red ring of death when it first launched and stuff like that you know it's it's similar to that scope and scale the only difference is your own your whole system doesn't shut down it's just your freaking controllers with that type of regards but the same which is arguably just as not as important but probably the next most important thing yes is a functioning controller absolutely and that's partially the reason why that i personally have not bought I have not bought any type of Joy-Cons because I know for a fact, not only just watching the YouTube videos of other people, their Joy-Con stuff, but because of how big of an issue it is. Hell, even my original launch, like, Joy-Cons, you know, I use them maybe for occasion and stuff, but uh, I've had little instances where I feel like that there is starting to become a little bit of Joy-Con drifts, even on my launch models, and I've almost had this thing for, like, what, four years or something of that shit? Mm. But, uh... There's been, like, two things I've remedied that. One, I have the freaking Hiori, like, Hori, like, a slide-on controllers. They're not Bluetooth, obviously, but at the least, I'm able to play comfortably and not worry, having to worry about Joy-Con drift with those. And two, I just dock on the TV and just play with my Pro Controller. I mean, yeah. hell, that thing is a lot better constructed in regards to that than their actual freaking Joy-Con controllers. So it's like... And it's, more exp- and it's cheaper. And it's cheaper in the long run. I mean, hell, I'm paying $60 for a controller and stuff. I shouldn't have to pay $60 for a Pro Controller if those fucking Joy-Cons were actually worthwhile in order to keep mm. on the things. It's like, I don't even bother using the damn slide-on stuff for the controller. That little that little miniature thing that they uh, say you yeah. can slide those Joy-Cons and stuff inside to try to play it that way. Huh, no. I've not once touched that because I know for a fact, as soon as I bought that console, I was getting a Pro Controller because I knew that those damn controllers were not going to last me a hell of a long time. <laughs> yeah. I, it's just, it's just dumbfounding. It's yes. like multiple people have come out and talked about like, you know, tech people have talked about like the issue with this is like the problem. The main problem is they use a cheap piece of material yep. for that. And like you said, like unless they lose this lawsuit, which Nintendo, they have the, their lawyers are fucking kingpins to shit. Like if you, they will, they don't lose. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's no reason for them to change, and we keep buying them. Like I said, I have four of them. Um, so I'm definitely well. Obviously, one came with the console, but the other one came with two. The other one came with um, Mario Party. I bought right. that, and then I'm an idiot. I bought the Hyrule ones, and I bought the um, blue and red one. So I don't know. Yeah, it's just dumbfounding. Yes. When I read that. Oh, what did I click on? I clicked on something. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. We um sorry. Uh, one last topic here though, Gables. Um, bear with me on this. I'm loading up the thing right now. I am that ready. So this is kind of a weird one here. I don't really, I, I, I was like debating putting this in like the main topic thing, but I just don't know if there's enough here to like have it like make it a whole thing yet. This is like a keep on the back burner topic here. Okay. So apparently PlayStation might be announcing a big remake this Christmas. Yep. According to a musician. So, um, folk singer. Oh boy. This is like the little like little thing above the name. <laughs> I don't know it. how. Or like screen share uh, it. I'll see what I can do. Okay. Gables, it's not a Pokemon. I don't know if you can help me with this one. Uh, give me a second here. If I can screen share it. Um, uh, oh, boy. Okay. 
Let me know. Sorry for the people listening and watching, but I'm screen sharing this so Gables can see it. Now's that time can of the you... week, boys and girls, where we get to go forth and try to pronounce names in different languages. <laughs> All right, Gables, can you see it? I want to say Ebna McMahon. Where are you seeing it in? <laughs> or Ebha. Yeah, Ebha Eb- Eb- McMahon. That's what I would say. Okay. Yeah, we'll go with that. A B Eb, and then H A Ha. It's like Eb- there's a little ha, th- asterisk thing or whatever. I don't know what's called above the E. It's throwing me off. All right. Anyways, oh, oh uh, well. Her, her oh, God. I wish I would have finished the sentence. Uh, who performs as Ava? Wow, could have just done that. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, have just no done shit. that. Would have made it a lot fucking easier for me. Uh, shoot, Jesus Christ. Uh, wow. Um, so she announced that, uh, or she was on a uh, uh, Irish radio station, ta- doing an interview, and she said, "I recently wrote a song for a PlayStation game with Michael McGlynn. I can say that one. Um, okay. That actually happened about a year and a half ago, and it was just a." It was just as the pandemic hit. Michael got in touch with uh, and just said, "Listen, we're writing music for a remake of a PlayStation game, and uh, he does a lo- he does that a lot. He's done a lot of writing for different games uh, that are very well known, but I'm actually not right. a gamer myself. Um, so he said, "Look, it's an Irish language piece that they're looking for. So really, what I was involved with um, with was the lyric writing in the Irish language, and his daughter sang on the track, and his wife arranged part of the." choral parts um and so did michael uh he also worked with me on the language side of things so it was a almost like a family effort for ages i wasn't really allowed uh wasn't allowed to really you know um you don't know what you're writing for it's kind of a disclose because they don't want it to get out this is all a quote from her by the way so yeah. if it sounds like it's weird it's because i'm reading her actual quote it's actually going to be announced at christmas the name of the game uh, i have heard of it now and i have been told um I've been told uh, had it confirmed is a big game, which is great. And so it's going to be an Irish language piece in the game. Um, so this is from VGC who originally uh, video game chronicles.com that did the article. Uh, it's, it's possible that it's a Xenogear game, which Square Enix originally made for a PlayStation, but a PlayStation owns the IP. Um, the uh, composer of this, I guess actually um, to the, he tweeted with his daughter preparing to perform a music uh, remotely. Um, and uh, I'm trying to find something here. So I think like he actually helped make, um, he was one of the composers of the original Xenogear games. That's why people think that. Mm. And also him tweeting about doing a live performance. It's also uh, possible. However, McGlynn has all involved in numerous projects. Uh, and that his tweet is unrelated, unrelated to the PlayStation remake. Um, PlayStation has no events uh, planned for Christmas at the time of writing. Uh, kind of originally, I think like a lot of people were uh, assuming that um, Game Awards is December 9th, so that's possible. Um, trying to figure out, he, uh, he also he did some stuff with Diablo three. He did um, he did some for the short. He did uh, the short film they did for Xenoblade Chronicles two. He did music for that. Um, so yeah, I mean, okay, it's password. Okay, so I'm just trying to read here. I thought there was some other stuff he worked. I was trying to see if that gave us my other ideas, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, this is kind of a weird one because there's not really a lot to go on here, but uh, I mean, I I think this is, like I said, this is one of those ones you got to keep kind of put in the back of your head kind of thing where when the Game Awards come around and PlayStation announces some big remake, um, you know, maybe they're, I mean, but who knows what big 
means to her mm. and what it means to us could be two totally different things. I mean, fucking PlayStation is the same people that that remade fucking Medieval. So who knows? Um, I don't know. I just, I yeah. And who knows? Like Irish language songs, Xenogears is a mech game, so I don't know if it's gonna fucking work. Uh, but I, I don't know. Give us like maybe it's a near game. I don't know. They like they do some weird shit with with languages. Um, you know, that's Tyler, not really, that's not a remake. What is kind of interesting is you hadn't thought about the guess in regards to a game that you're familiar with. Don't say it. <laughs> don't, don't say it. Don't, don't do this. The ending theme of a certain game that uh, you've played a lot of. <sighs> and you know exactly what I'm telling you, too. <laughs> because that's a possibility as well. You know, I'm just saying. Just say it. Just say it. Metal Gear Solid. Because <laughs> that ending theme is sort of like an Icelandic like type of uh, ending as well, mm-hmm. but I could see why some people would say Xenogears. I know it's a SquareSoft, Square Enix sort of like game, but at that same point, it's like yeah, the creator of the music, the musician stuff has worked on like say Xenoblade Chronicles and stuff like that and that series. Well, I mean, and PlayStation owns the rights, so. Yeah. Square doesn't technically have to work on this. PlayStation owns the right to it, so they can right. hire someone to make this fucking game. But uh, yeah, that'd be kind of an interesting foray with that because that's a unique game. It, I actually own... that's not really a big game. I don't. No, I think it's be a, a niche game. Of... I wouldn't consider yeah. them to say a big game. That's what kind of threw but, me off because when I think of Xenogears, yes, that was a great game back then on the PlayStation One. It was definitely. It definitely could have been a masterpiece sort of a game if it wasn't just like the first part of the game is like story and this and all of a sudden the second half is mostly cutscenes. But and I think the last game I was reading about it, like the last game, they didn't actually get a chance to finish. No, so no, they never got a chance to finish the entirety of Xenogears like the way they wanted to be originally. I mean, yeah. If you're saying big name games itself, there's like two games that have been rumored this past year that could potentially be one is Metal Gear Solid, the other is Silent Hill. Yeah, I'm like like I said though, like she's not a, like she says she's not a gamer, right? So big to her could be a different thing. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, like if this, she, this was something that was like in the gaming, I said this like I would like, and they said it'd be a big game. Like I, I would take that a little. I, I would take a little more little credibility that Metal Gear's a thing. Um, you know, I'm not getting my hopes on that until it actually happens, kind of thing. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, that's why it's like it's kind of hard because like I feel like. This could be anything. I mean, this like I said, PlayStation's the same. So this is you know, PlayStation when they did this is a different studio now that our company now than what it was then. But this is the same people that that fucking remade Medieval. So um, who knows? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's cool, exciting, kind of gives us hope for it. But it's also a thing we could take with grain of salt because yep. I mean, we also heard the same thing. I mean, earlier this year we were talking about the, the composer for the the medium. Um, who's been rumored to be working on a Silent Hill game, yeah. uh, composer of that game, who comp- was the original composer for the original Silent Hill game, s- said in an interview that um, the next big game he's working on uh, is getting announced this summer, and it's the one you've all been waiting for, which basically meant Silent Hill. And We never heard anything about it. October now. I mean, obviously, Konami was supposed to be at E3 and got the- canceled. It. Yep. Now we have the rumors about Konami's back in the gaming business, so... Um, who knows? I mean, and now we're hearing rumors of December of a big PlayStation exclusive being announced. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, who knows? It could be Silent Hill. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, the, the, this one's just there's not a lot there to it to like kind of 
without going into conspiracy theory, which I know is part of the the game, but yep. um, there's just usually there's there's more to go on before I want to like go deep crazy on the shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I won't yeah. lie, Gables, when I heard this, like Metal Gear popped in my head. I mean, I yep. mean anything. I mean anything will remind me of Metal Gear. You know, um, I mean my I guess every time I get a text messages, it's literally the uh, fucking codec alert. So. <laughs> But yeah, I mean that that's pretty much it though for gaming. Uh news this week. Wow, actually a decent amount though. Uh all, all said and done. Uh but um like I said, Gables, I had played nothing this week outside of a game of Madden. Um I'm gonna try to play some Alan Wake. Um it, you know, then Back for Blood this week I think are kind of my main two things I want to focus on. Uh, gaming wise for, for next week. But uh Gables, what have you been playing? Alright, so it's been mostly two games this week. I decided to go back into Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy The Duelist because I wanted to try to get reacquainted with uh, playing Yu-Gi-Oh! The card game. Been interested in seeing certain like uh, historical things in regards to the card game in general. And also, I wanted to try to go forth and uh, replay the original like a campaign for mm. that portion for Legacy The Duelist. And so I did that this past week to where... Nice. I went through the entirety. I used the story decks, first and foremost. Oh, okay. Because I did that, and then all of a sudden we do the rematches and stuff when you, like, switch reverse. the reverse and stuff like that. I use my own custom deck that I just want to go through and try out. And so, the thing about it was, it went good for the most part until, like, the final couple of battles because you get to face... There's this one, a duelist, like a Shizu or something like that, where it took me, like, so many times, like, to, like, uh, beat this person because... You had to, it literally took me like about a good solid, oh god, every time, every duel or something we would go forth and play, it'd be like 40 or 50 turns, because it'd be the same old type of stall, and there's this one trap card that she uses, it's Exchange of Spirits, and Exchange of Spirits is a distinct track trap card, right, to where you, both of you and your opponent have to have 15 cards in their graveyard in order for you to activate the card. And basically what it does, it swaps the deck with the graveyard, so if you have... Oh. If you have been basically using most of, say, a one particular type of card, like, say, a spell card or something like that, and that gets activated, all of your monsters are dead, <laughs> pretty much in the graveyard, along with your traps or whatever type of strategy that you had, unless you instinctively recognize, oh, hey, let's go ahead and have specific monsters, like, in between, like, the deck and the graveyard and see how that works. Which, that's something that I pretty much had to do with the story deck, because, uh... <laughs> Yeah, playing as Kaiba against Ishizu and stuff, and then having nothing but tribute monsters in your hand. Yeah, that was definitely frustrating. Nothing like having a bunch of level 6 to level 8 monsters inside of your hand, where the only thing you can go forth in summoning them is, one, using a card that allows you to special summon, like, one of them from your hand, or... For some odd reason, you know, maybe discard one of them to the graveyard, use Monster Reborn, you know, every couple of turns, but... Oh, yeah, that was a little bit frustrating, that battle. The final battle with, like, Yami Yugi was not too bad, though, but it was kind of the same concept to where I lost a couple of the battles and stuff, and I had to use uh, Little Yugi's, like, sort of, like, deck to where he has Silent Swordsman, and he has these, uh, like, Silent Swordsman level 3, I think it was, and then all of a sudden it's, like, Silent Magician level 4 or whatsoever, and you had to try to go... And it's essentially a level-up deck, right? To where you use these two specific type of monsters. One's a warrior, one's a spellcaster. But if you use level-up, they'll go up to... You can actually switch them and upgrade them for power, more powerful versions of themselves. So, for example, for the Silent Swordsman line, it's like... 
you go from three to five to seven. And for the Silent Magician, it's like pretty much from four to eight. So those type of monsters, you know, that type of theme deck against, like, say, what Yami Yugi has in terms of, uh, God, having all sorts of various, like, crazy stuff from his Marshmallow, that's like good stall stuff to, like, uh, all these powerful monsters that he can go through and summon almost at a, <laughs> almost like on a whim and stuff. Yeah, it was just fun trying to play through the original Yu-Gi-Oh, like, campaign from that game. And I finished up the uh, Reversal Duel stuff because what I wanted to do with the deck is try to make things some... Like, I wanted to make this deck as fast as possible, right? And so the whole structure along it was to try to get things to quintessentially mill out the deck to an extent to where I could get what I want, use whatever powerful cards I want. And quintessentially, I wanted to use it sort of similar to how I used to play back in high school with the specific cards that I would use. Because these powerful cards I have in my deck, it's something you can't even play in legal tournaments any longer, or haven't been able to for years. So, say, similar cards, it's like Pot of Greed that allows you to draw two cards, right? Mm. That's considered to be so overpowerful of a card and stuff like that, that it's banned traditionally, but a card, say, like a Pot of Duality or something, isn't to where you get to look at the top three cards of your deck, you get to choose one, then, then shuffle the, like, the other two inside of your deck or some shit. So implementing kind of strategies like that, plus some monster spell trap removal, you know, like, ah, uh, yeah, it's basically trying to restructure decks how I used to remember how I play them, but, uh, yeah, that was a fun little revisit in terms of what I wanted to play for Yu-Gi-Oh!, but, uh, the new game that I have bought and I have played some bit of last night was Metroid Dread. Nice. Now, Going into this, Metroid Dread is def was definitely one of my most anticipated games. So far from playing it, I have enjoyed what I've played so far. It hasn't been too much, but at the same time, I basically through the tutorial section of it, I have gotten through my first Emmy, which uh, isn't too bad. Tables won an Emmy. Good for you. <laughs> but yeah, the introduction of like using that like particular like power weapon in terms of like this omega sort of like weapon to where you can just destroy them in like in one shot by holding down specific combination of buttons and stuff that was pretty fun and i'll tell you what the most uh, fun part i've had so far is like every time you go into a new area or a new room or something you can actually feel sort of like almost a sense of uh tense moments or some or like you feel tense going inside each move because you don't um, you don't know when these robots are going to go forth and pop out. It's not like random either. It's not like a random thing, like an alien isolation sort of shit. No, there are specific areas to where these robots will go through and like uh, chase you around or whatsoever. I've died a few times because I wasn't fast enough to go through the freaking doors in time in order to stop from being killed by one of those things, but... As soon as you enter a room with one of these Emmy robots and stuff like that going around, they'll take a specific path and stuff, and you could be, like, in an entirely different room, like, a different portion of that same map, but they'll go through and they'll find you. They'll go through and, like, navigate, and you'll see that red dot in the map in the top right-hand corner, and you have to book it out of there because if you're not evading them quick enough and stuff, they'll catch up to you really quick and just do whatever. But, uh, I haven't faced any bosses yet, but I have gotten the charge shot. I have... I have gone through and explored a couple of different things. I've gotten a couple of missile power, like missile tank power ups and energy tank, and uh, yeah, it feels like 
it feels like <laughs> like uh, old school Metroid, and I love that. But uh, music's pretty fun. The game looks pretty good. It runs pretty well. But uh, other than that, though, it's like I still need to play a bit more of this game. It's definitely left a great first impression so far, and uh, I can't wait to share more when eventually when I play more of this game. Good. That's awesome, man. Glad you're enjoying it so far. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Our reviews have been pretty positive about it, which is awesome to hear. Um, yeah, I think that might wrap it up for us this week, guys. Um, appreciate you guys for listening with uh, listening to us. Um, if you like this, you like the show, please go to our YouTube channel, uh, Drunk Dash Nerds, or any of our podcast feeds. We're on everything, Spotify, Google, uh, Apple, um, Anchor, anywhere pods are cast. We're on them for the most part. Uh, just please like five stars, subscribe, ring the bells, comments, shares, shares, the big things. Um, the more of you guys watching, liking and commenting and reviewing, the better it really helps us with the algorithms to be seen by other people. Uh, so could not appreciate it more if you, if you did that for us, uh, something I've been doing, uh, I started last week. I'm going to try to continue on for the, for now on. And remember if I can remember is I put links to, uh, pretty much everything of ours in the show notes. So if you li- when when you're listening to this, if you just click on the description, um, not only uh, I'm trying to do a good job of like as I'm recording, doing the show um, and stuff, I am trying to put time codes in for everybody. I'm also uh, trying to remember to put at the end of every, uh, every podcast the links to all of our stuff, Twitter accounts, Facebook pages, YouTube, everything, extra life pages, all that stuff's in there. If you scroll away at the bottom, you'll find them. So uh, we really would appreciate it. Just take a couple minutes out of your day to grow those places like subscribe follow five stars whatever you can do like i said i really would appreciate it um but anyways guys um i was so excited and i have been colonel gables until next time play some fun games for christ's sake (laughs) hey gables yes thank you sakurai thank you sakurai bye guys see ya